friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and someone who needs all the help they can get, Alex Dandino. All right, before we start this month's exciting new curation, a little bit of business, people! It's official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist are on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist pod. The very best way to help the show. The very best way to make the show exactly what you want. We got an exclusive library of episodes over there. You get a vote every month on the two exclusive episodes you want. We do commentaries. You get to pick movies you want. Uh, we have mini series coming. Q&A episodes. So we have a lot of fun stuff we're working on over there, guys. If you are able to. It means the world to us uh, to have your support. For those of you who already do that, thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of you who are about to, at patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod, thank you in advance. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube Film Alchemist, see a video version of uh, most of the pods, see our beautiful faces, our just Meryl Streep cover model faces. Make sure you email the pod, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Find us on all the social media you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. We love to hear from you, so go on, do that. And something free, easy, fast you can do to help out any show like us, make sure you leave the five-star rating and review wherever and everywhere you find the pod. Help us defeat the algorithmic romance novels that be stealing our husbands out from underneath us. We'd appreciate it. How right, Alex. I did it. We did it. The pod did it. This month's curation. The pod done it. It's true. These are all films featuring someone uh, trying to get away with a sinister plot. Uh, not even sinister all the time. Just someone be plotting. Someone be we plotting. That's for sure. You know that the person you're following has done the crime. We're going to spend the time to find out how they did We're it and how the they time, got though. away with it. So our movies this month. Gone Girl. Dio Bleak, Thoroughbreds, and tonight's movie, kicking off our curation, selected by our own Roseanne Barr, Alex Dandino. Old Roseanne, not new Roseanne. Yeah, thank you. Let's distinguish. (laughs) Just to clarify, flannel-wearing queen of TV Dandino. That's what we're talking about. As I've found out, this is first season Roseanne, Roseanne Barr. Tonight we're talking about She-Devil, kind of a dark comedy of sorts. Roseanne, Ed Bagley Jr., Meryl Streep. Again, I don't know how they just kept getting Meryl Streep to keep doing this Death Becomes Her kind of role. Where it's like, can you just be a vapid, like, attractive rich lady? She's like, nailing it. Nailing it. Um, but yeah, this, this is a simple tale, right? You marry young. You start a family. You think you're working towards the same goal. But your husband is a poon hound. And he's out running the town, right? He's Tony Sopranoing his way through all of the... The women of New York the City. The steno pool of New York City, yes. That's right. So, Alex, why She-Devil? Kick us off here. Well, for one, I knew we were never going to be able to find another way to curate this one. But also, uh, <laughs> I think this movie's got some fun legs, man. Like, yeah. it's got Meryl Streep in, apparently. I didn't realize this until I did the research. Meryl Streep in what is mostly regarded as the first comedy she did. Like people do not count Manhattan or um, there's another movie, uh, Heartburn. There's another movie she did. 
this is the first like straight comedy that most people consider uh this is the one that got her death becomes this is the one that people were like oh meryl streep actually can do comedy very interesting we all thought she was just yeah, dramatic she's really action. good apparently she also was in consideration to be the roseanne character in this movie okay. that was the first spot when you told me that it melted my brain yeah do you think, as I kind of do, this movie's way better if Meryl Streep is Ruth? I mean, I think it's, I don't know about way better. I mean, I think, I, I mean, look, I don't think Roseanne Barr is like an Oscar winning actress. I'll say that. But uh, Roseanne was great at what she did. The yeah. Roseanne sitcom is one of my top 10 no, favorite Roseanne's shows. Roseanne's very made. good at what she does. I mean, like, to me it's a different movie with Meryl Streep. Yeah. Like yeah. this is always my, we talked about this before. The show. I don't know if Ruth has the teeth that she has in this movie. If it's Meryl and not Roseanne, I think Meryl, I think Meryl Streep does a better foil than she would do. Like the lead in this case, like for one, we've seen Meryl Streep do that, like put upon thing. And I think that that's a really important aspect to this. It's like, look, I know that you don't think Meryl Streep is Kramer versus Bob Pratchett. I know that you don't think (laughs) she is prodigiously attractive, but compared to Roseanne, she is quite attractive. Um, Well, you said that before the show. Oh, sorry, Zuckerberg. I didn't know we were hot or nodding our way through this episode. Jeez. I, I didn't say we were. I'm saying that you had told me before the show we were talking about this, and I think comparatively, like, I feel like it would be very difficult if she was Ruth... Because this is the 80s, and like literally the entire top half of this movie is about... Remember how ugly Roseanne Barr is? You're like, guys. Yeah. I mean... Come on. I gotta say, I hope that everyone in that makeup department <laughs> felt bad. Yeah. When they're like, hey, can we make Roseanne unattractive? And they go, I don't know, here's a spirit Halloween mole, have fun. Yeah, just... I was like, God, try a little, like, yeah, like give her some was, cover fire, man. There was no, like, <laughs> thought put into it at all. It was literally like, oh, what do we have around? I don't know. We got this malted milk balls. We just put it on our face and call it yeah. a day. Like, yeah, sure. Um, I think it's very specific to, I'm not sure if it would be a better movie with Meryl Streep as the Ruth character. I actually don't think it would be. I'm going to say that now. Um. Yeah, I I, I, do I don't like, think it would be a better movie to be honest. I like you. the energy Roseanne brings, man. Yeah. When she turns on the like, I'm gonna get this motherfucker vibe. I she's think very good. I think too the way the movie plays out, particularly Roseanne, Roseanne's like <laughs> Roseanne's plan and the way she puts it together. Like I like once it happens, that's the part that I fucking love. Like. I Her, do have to say for this month, right? The uh the pod done it, right? Yeah. A lot of these movies have like elaborate plans covering up murder mysteries. Roseanne's is four points, one word per point. This is no Danny Ocean bullshit. This is I mean, just like, straight up what you, has to get done. You could say the reason the here's the thing. The pod the pod done it month really is about like we all know what crime she committed. You could say we all know she committed insurance fraud and she got away with it. But like, yeah. who's going to, who's going to not believe her at this point? She also was embezzling and fraudulent when she fucking set up Ed Bagley. She That's de- a crime. She as well. definitely committed wire fraud, which was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. This movie, you don't feel bad for the victims. These are no. essentially victimless. These crimes, are victimless the way crimes. The movie plays. Like <laughs> Meryl Streep's a bitch. Ed Bagley Jr. Is just an insatiable poon hound. 
he he's the alpha douche. You remember in Godzilla King of Monsters where they're like, there has to be one alpha and all will kneel before him? Yeah. Ed Bagley Jr. is the alpha douche. Ed Bagley Jr. is like way up. Like, I, I after watching this, he's like way up there on the, like, we have that like, like top 10 worst dads in movies. He's way up he's, there now. I would say he almost is disqualified because he never is dadding. He's yeah. just dicking. Dicking, yeah. That's a good point. Just dicking, not dadding. Maybe and that's what makes him the alpha shit dad then. Maybe because he's not dadding, he's just dicking. That could be. I think you could argue if he was around more, there'd be more trauma to the kids. So maybe he's better. I think like... I don't know. It's bad. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> the part that I always go back to is just like, oh, you total douche. Is uh like the scene that like sparks the whole thing is this the family dinner where they're all sitting down and she bakes the fucking gerbil, which is the grossest. Like, <laughs> Roseanne bakes the gerbil. Yeah. I got to say, it starts a little before that. Cause that is the peak of Ed Bagley Jr.'s doucheness in the movie, right? Yeah. The the one, cause they kind of do the, like, he's almost for like five seconds, right? It starts to, you know, some women are born beautiful. Then there are those who need all the help we can get. Right. And that's me. And we watch this, you know, Roseanne, that, that first, close up of her face Jesus. i was like god they were cruel to her yeah yeah um she's trying to dress on whatever right she's excited to go hang out with her husband she calls him he looks like a normal doofy accountant and then all of a sudden some some tits get near his vicinity he's like yeah. a cartoon dog just, floating to a he's smell like, right it's like a it's like jim carrey in the mask when he turns yeah. into the dog and the yeah the dog Ooh, yeah yeah absolutely. yeah and so you know he's kind of a dip whatever when they decide they're going to drive Meryl Streep's ass home, oh right? Roseanne God. spills on her. And he drops Roseanne off at the start of the hill, uh, the neighbor. And she's like, it's fine. It's only a couple more blocks. And he drives off to go into like the steamy Walmart cover scene. Yeah. I was like, that right there is such. It's it's almost unrelatable. You're like, no one is that. Yeah, no one's that much of a scum. I think the other thing, too, is like, no one's that obvious. Like, clearly, he's going to go fuck Meryl Streep after this. Like, yeah, no one. But I think that's what makes. It's interesting. Ed Bagley Jr. is not a man. He's he is a living sentient hard on. Yeah, this movie. like his. Well, I think what's interesting about the beginning of this movie is like the hardened psychology of this film is like she knows that Ed Bagley Jr. is a dick and just, yeah, like yeah. perpetually a hard on. Like, there's nothing shocking to her about it. Yeah. But it's not that she lets it happen. That's not it at all. Like, that's a no, no, no. She literally just like, she can't prevent it though. Like, she's not like, he's such a willful piece of shit that it's just like, they, what are you going to yeah, do? They have set up the relationship, and this is what a lot of bad partners do. The power dynamics have shifted. I will go work and make all the money and hold that over your head. Right. You will stay here and do all of this thankless jobs, right? So I have the excuse, oh, I got to, you know, I got to work late, blah, blah, blah. Um, when she's just at the table and the kids are just, like, giving her guff, right? You cut back to Ed Bagley Jr. is, like, getting it. And she just does that monologue, right? My husband is having an affair with Mary Fisher. Yeah. She thinks she knows my husband. I know my husband. He's in a phase, right? I know how to get him back. He'll I'll be waiting for him. Right. That's a monologue of someone who's been down this road before. Yeah. And I think the thing about this movie is I, you know, they don't, they never all the way get to why this is the one mm -hmm. that sets it off. And it, it could just be because, you know, she writes the novels that Roseanne's character reads right. for fantasy. Right. 
But she, this is a woman who hits her end, right? She's cooking a family dinner for his fucking parents. He's out there fucking clapping cheeks. He runs back and he just comes in like a piece of shit. Yeah. Right. She's showering and he looks at her. And this is the line of the movie. The fucking where you're just like, this guy's the worst. She looks fucking mad at him. And he goes, what are you doing? She goes, I'm about to weigh myself. And he goes, no wonder you look so sad. <laughs> and you're just like, you motherfucker. Dude. Yeah. Not That's only what that. I say to myself in the mirror. I would never say that out loud to another. He person. says that to her and then follows it up by like, oh, none of the food's ready. Like bitching at her. Dude. Like, I'm like, bro. You have not been home. You've been out beating cheeks, and you have the balls to step in. The fucking balls. I think that's like that's the ten minute block in the movie. We're like, okay, we're really solidifying. Like, we have to hate Ed Begley Jr. Like, he's telling his parents why the woman he's fucking is so great. Yeah, as he's yelling at her for only having like a snack tray out. Right, like having that like like having that that actually, I would go. I would go beyond because like he says that horrible thing to her where she's weighing herself. I would say like the capper is them at the dinner table and he's describing oh, yeah. like Ruth and I have a very healthy relationship, like this bullshit line. You're like, and then the mom's like, when did you marry such a sensitive man? Like, no, fuck you. How about when it all goes south? Cause she fucking bakes the kids gerbil <laughs> yeah. in the casserole as it starts going south. She literally says in front of his parents, he's having an affair on me. Yeah. And Bigley Jr. whips his belt off. Like, he's oh, about yeah. to fucking smack what her around that? with his belt. With his fucking parents. Dude, if I did that in front of my parents, my mom would rip my face off. Oh, yeah. I think If I took my belt off and she actually thought I was going to do... Like, my mom would murder me. So was, now you're by proxy, like, your parents are pieces of shit. It was such a they're weird like, They're thing. just like, hey, lay off, son. Lay the, off. The belt gets whipped out, and they're like, hey, come on now. It's like, excuse me. I know you watched me do this to your mother 500 times, but. I know this is 80s, a super cool go. thing to do as a, as, a, as a husband, but. What a dirty rat bastard. Dude, seriously. They really spare him no punches. So by the time Roseanne goes full shadevil. Yeah. You're like, all right, this is this is a rooting for highly justified. Movie, right? This, highly this is a justified. monster truck rally of a movie. Okay, I gotta ask you this. Now, this is like this movie magic thing that's always the, yeah. <laughs> magic's not the right word, but it's the only way I know how to describe it. It doesn't take thirty seconds for a microwave to explode and blow up the house if you put <laughs> ten cans of raid in it. Yeah, you didn't like the layout of she's like still doing her makeup and her. I'll house be honest, the timing did not work out for me. <laughs> Well, I was like, you also already lit the whole house on fire. Like, you don't have to light the house on fire eight times. Yeah, we're just like, we're really like, hey. just, we're just going through the motions at this point. I didn't know that. That leads to the back projection explosion shot. I love it, that dude. beat. Me man. too. I'm I, so I, glad I you love said that, that shot. I love yeah. that bit. I don't, hey, man. However, you want to fucking burn it down yeah, after Ed Bagley Jr. fucking does that to you. More power right. to you. Now, this is the thing that I like the most about the plan. Like, so now she's committed insurance fraud. She drops the kids off at Mary Only Fisher's. Only she asks for the money. Well, that's true. That's why she doesn't. She fucking goes. Basically, she, she like. Ed Bagley Jr. do it. She drops, she drops, uh, drops the kids off at Mary yeah. Fisher's chateau. And she fucking basically goes on the lam. Yeah. And somehow. Now, this is where the, this is where the makeup department came back in. They're like, hey, how do you make her look infinitely worse? Hmm. Let's give her a bit of a mustache along with that gigantic mole and just pull her hair back. 
and make her a nurse in a nursing home and make her the most homely. Let's make of all the actresses we could put in there next to, let's have Linda Hunt be in there and make yeah. Roseanne Barr like, look- call call the team from Matilda. We need a Tracton Burke or, <laughs> or whatever that fucking mean teacher's name was. Um, I actually like the nursing home. Day, I man. love I thought the that nursing was home stuff. Fucking hilarious. The scene when she gives them all uppers. Oh my god! This is the thing, man. This whole movie's about awakening from bullshit, yeah, right? Absolutely. Bullshit that society piles on you, right? Oh, you got a husband that says you're just a stay-at-home mom, right? You're there to serve his needs while he's out getting it wet everywhere. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Wake up. Burn the house down. Start again. All these old people who have just been left by their kids so they can go get dicked down by some fucking Ed Bagley Jr. Right. She wakes him up, and they're playing soccer. They're loving life. When she gets fired and leaves, they're fucking high-fiving her and loving her Oh, yeah. They love her. And I thought – I just thought that was cool. Everywhere she goes – She's just surrounded by all these people that have this the same miserable story, right? No one sees any value in me. Right. And she becomes this fucking Spartacus for the undervalued. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yes. The other nurse literally quits her job and runs out and goes, here's my fucking life savings. Yeah. To war! It's like, yeah. Gives her fucking 55 Gs to start her own business. Yeah. Good for and her. And they start their own fucking power business. And that... I, I like that part of the movie, right? Because I was telling you, this is one of the most mean-spirited movies I've ever oh, seen. I mean, by far. there's just It's just hard to really get behind anything that's happening in this. Yeah, I mean, you other know than knowing... You, you hate Roseanne the least. Other than knowing that Ed Begley Jr. deserves all his comeuppance, yeah, everything yeah. else was just, like, so mean-spirited. Yeah, but even Roseanne, it's like, so you have a kid who has rats at the table and just stabs holes in random milk? Like, that's not good parenting. No, that's terrible. So you're like, there's there's really just nothing going on here that's like getting you rah-rah. Yeah. But I don't know, that that nursing home bit, I was like, that's kind of the massage you needed, right? It is. because that's kind of the massage you needed. Because I'll it, tell you the other beat, the moment where I, I fell in love with Roseanne's character enough, because you kind of get this weird like, oh, she just said fuck them kids. Fuck all of them. You're like, her kids were kind of assholes. Like, I get it. Sure. But the scene when uh, uh, Meryl Streep's getting interviewed, right? And they have a spread in the paper. Oh, my God. Or the magazine. And Meryl Streep has a picture with her two kids. And Roseanne's now like a CEO, right? And she pulls out her own picture where her eyes are closed. Yep. And there's just this tight shot. And I was like, Roseanne is giving me what I need, right? She's giving me the raft to like. Oh my God, is this mission of destruction worth it? Like these kids are with, I don't have my kids. I don't have anything left except for this all consuming. They do. She devil fire the fucking, you know, burning across. I thought that scene was really cool. They do give her some nice pathos there. Like I like that. That is a good payoff. You, You buy into her by the end, I think. You do. And I mean, like, you think which about seemed, too, which seemed impossible about 40 minutes into the movie. Like, you drop the kids off. And I think, like, because I think about, like, my wife and me going to work and that kind of shit. And you're just like, you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility to drop your teenagers off. Like, I'm going to go. Like, I've put all I can into this. And I'm very tired of you guys, like, kind of taking me for granted. Hey, as a kid who literally got left on a porch, it's super easy, apparently. <laughs> my dad came over one weekend. And just said, nah. Him and my mom disagreed about something. He just went, eh. And <laughs> just was gone. So uh, it is that easy. I also it's like that, that easy. Roseanne gave one look over to Garcia, the uh, gentleman who runs the house. And she's like, this guy seems like a decent influence. And left. <laughs> Here's another under. We have not even talked about Garcia yet. 
We'll we'll get to his fucking his his ass. Oh Garcia. His Arcade. Yeah, I don't ass. know. I, I actually gotta say though, I, I thought Roseanne was she she gives this performance where she just knows. She knows her level. We talked about this a little bit with Ice T and surviving the game. Mm-hmm. You're not a traditional, you know, person who came up through like acting school. You don't have all these craft tricks to fall back on. Yeah. You're a celebrity and people love you for what you do. Now you're trying something different. Right. And Roseanne gives this pretty good measured performance, right? I know where my lines are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that scene with the picture. She's not like, I'm going to fucking turn it on. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, what's her name? Jessica and True Blood and just weep through every scene. Like, I'm, I'm going to pull my punches, right? She, and I, and she gives you what she needs. You know where she does a really good job of like, not just that, not just those like smaller quiet scenes, but when she's playing off um, Meryl Streep's mother, Sylvia Miles. Yeah, the like that scene where she convinces her to like go out and go to uh, Mary Fisher's chateau, <laughs> that is like, yeah, you're like, okay, like she's getting the assignment. There's no question. Yeah. Like I, again, like you believe Roseanne Barr because I think this is the other part too. And tell me if I'm wrong, but like I think because Ed Begley Jr. and Meryl Streep are like so high up here with the, like the melodrama and the yeah. not comedy, but just they're both like, so like bleach blonde. Yeah. I get what you're saying. They're so bizarre yeah. that compared to Roseanne's journey, Roseanne, it's the same reason. Like we like seeing comedians do uh, dramatic roles because like comedians drama, it feels real. And I think when you see Meryl Streep and Ed Begley that are just like straight up melodrama, like, hilarity ensues kind of thing when you see the story that Roseanne Barr goes through it's so much so much easier to kind of relate to and I think that's what makes her kind of in the same wheelhouse as Meryl Streep in the movie because like again like they're never on screen together but you think about it like Meryl Streep could blow all these guys off the screen because of just who she is but there is something about Roseanne's journey right in the movie where you're like it's not that hard to be like see what drew Roseanne to this, right? Right, right. These fucking blonde, perfect, rich Hollywood assholes, right, in charge of her destiny. <laughs> Looking at her like, as Ed Begley Jr. at one point when he's yelling at her, he goes, I don't even know if you're a woman anymore. Oh, dude. What yeah. the like, fuck? Bro, what the fuck, man? And so you're like, yeah, I'd imagine Roseanne went through some of that, right? These of fucking course. people like, if you did this or tried this or lost the weight, right? Like, all that kind of shit. Fucking Tom Arnold. So... <laughs> Well, some things are worse than death, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I get it. I, I actually thought she was she was fine in the movie. Let's talk about um, Meryl in the movie. Let's oh, please. Meryl, right. I I thought she was wonderfully zany in this movie. Yes. That whatever that thing she does. Like, I mean, the best is I think it's at its finest when uh the two moments she does the best is when she comes home after seeing like the expose that they read about her in people where her mom like dimes out that she like gave up a kid for adoption and like all these other terrible things that she doesn't want anyone to know, like what her real age is and that kind of shit, like (laughs) flying off the handle Meryl Streep for comedic purposes. I don't know why, but it's, I think it's just fucking hysterical. Like, yeah, this Death becomes her like uh, when she does you that know what bit scene? So when good. she's laughing at him in the circle bed. Oh, and she's like making fun of him goes, being an accountant. You're just an accountant. And he oh goes, accounting could be very creative. She's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it is such like a 
perfectly timed yeah. reaction. Dude. She's great, man. She's so good. And again, like I I do like like the voiceover thing that Roseanne does. She's like, Oh, I love that beat though, because it is this explanation. She's like, Oh, now she's like she's Roseanne. Like she's, she's where she's where this Ruth is was. The Chris Rock joke, right? Yeah. You show me any person on earth and I'll show you who's tired of fucking them. Right? Not wrong. This is not a movie about a guy who just traded up. Right. Because this woman's wealthier and prettier, whatever. Right. This is a a movie about you'll never be good enough for some guy like that. How fucking hilarious though. That that what precipitates that scene before she starts doing that. I fucking die laughing every time he goes, "Hey honey, maybe I um maybe I just stay, you know, a few nights in the city." So that drive gets real scary You're like, "Dude, are you serious? You are doing, doing this again. again. God bless it, sir. You have got to like just again, he's just a walking hard on. It's impressive yeah. work. Like But see, watching her go through uh I'm still in the, you know, nice white clothes and have the butlers and whatever. Yeah. But watching her like her her nice room now has this weird TV in the middle of it that's showing glow wrestling. Yep. Watching her like freaking out trying to run around. See when her fucking poodle jumps off the fucking. Oh my god, dude! (laughs) But she she's just really it's fun to watch her come undone. Yeah, like she she does that really well in this movie. All right, Meryl's great. No one needs to hear that. That's not a news. Everybody knows Meryl Streep's great. Let's talk about this absolute piece of shit, Ed Bagley Jr. Like what a wonderful performance because all I want to do in the whole movie is reach through the just, and strangle just him to death. Just want to beat him to an absolute pulp. Yeah, that scene in uh fucking what was it Sin City where he's like I just kept punching till it was a yellow pulp. Yeah, it's like that's what I want to do to Ed Bagley Jr.'s fucking baby blonde head. Just fucking oh punch God. holes in it. He just has so many. I don't know. How about this scene? When he fucking when Meryl Streep writes a book about him and doing laundry because she oh. has to do his work for him now, at the table where she's getting no one to come get their books signed, he's just he's reading, reading her shitty review to her out. <laughs> he's just reading the worst possible review. This, like the, the negging this guy. I mean, he's like the Miyagi of negging. Like it's unbelievable. I love how he's just reading the whole thing, and I mean, like, dude. It, it, like, right dude, after at the lunch with her agent, where the agent's like, "This sucks, don't do it." In what kind of name is she? Goes, "I think Bob's a beautiful." I think Bob's name. a beautiful. Meryl name. Streep's character, who we're led to believe is this just empty man eater at the start, has actually fallen for this motherfucker, dude. It's and he's just trash talking her right to her fucking face. <laughs> what an absolute piece of shit, man. I mean. I think the other part too. I've never read a review that hateful. Like, and granted, I don't read book reviews or anything like that. But oh, the, dude, yeah, the reviews you can go literally on like Letterboxd, I, any of those, yeah. Well, yeah, Letterbox is different. Like professional reviews, I've never read one. Like the wording of it is literally like, well, this made me want to vomit. Like those kinds of things. You're like, God <laughs> damn, dude. Like, and reading that at the book signing, you're like, Jesus Christ, you are really just going for it. I. I also love so and again this is it's the simplicity of how stupid he is when she slips the uh ad for her um when Roseanne slips the ad and by his door um which is like a sexy lady on the front cover Ooh. he's like ooh and the next shot is him calling and and his description it's like yeah I just need someone who's 
understanding of finance, understands processing invoices, and I don't hate attractive ladies. I'll say that. (laughs) Dude. I love that because imagine being his ex-wife on the other end of that call and being like, I fucking knew it. I knew it, you fucking dickhead. But that's great, too, because she just goes, what was her name? Honey was too good to be true. Olivia Honey. Yeah, Olivia Honey was too good to be true. Just sends that woman in as a heat-seeking missile. And that shot, this is a great Ed Bagley Jr. thing, right? When he's, like, plugging the stuff in. Yeah. He's like, "Uh, uh, uh." and it's like he's drooling all the way up her entire body. You're hired. And I was like, that's like an, a live action goofy cartoon. <laughs> and it's great. And I love the scene. I He knew I exactly the assignment yeah. for this movie. Ed Bigley Jr. Like there's one other, there's another line that just fucking kills me. Cause it's just such a, by the, like, so by the end of this movie, he's just such a fucking douchebag. But the yeah. line that I just, I had to pause it today. I don't know why it makes me laugh. Cause it's just like the stupidest throwaway line. But when they're at the after he gets busted for embezzling and they're yeah. doing this whole they, they go to see his lawyer they're on their way out and they're by the elevator and she's like in like inadvertently the lawyers revealed that he totally fucking stole 200 grand the from biggest her. the biggest theft was from her accounts yeah right he's standing out there and he's just like how a bum like me ever get mixed up with a girl like you and you're just like oh my god just, but that's the thing he talks I to her like a character from her shitty books i know right Oh shit, you're right. That's she has so to confront true. it, and by the end, she's writing like nonfic. She's writing like a nonfiction book she about it. She hates like, it so much. It's she's kind like, of a, it's betrayal. Yeah. Because at the start, she was like, My books are fantasies. They teach women how to get men what they want. Uh. And by the end, she's like, Ew, gross. Fuck this. Yeah. By the end, she's Fuck like, Fuck string bean. I, dude, I fucking love that. The very end when she's doing the interview with Sally Jesse Raphael and her like hair slicked back and shit. So now great. she's serious, yeah. Yeah, now Dude, she's serious. It was just nice to see Sally Jesse Raphael again. I didn't know she was blonde ever. I thought she always had that red hair. Because like, I mean, oh, yeah, when that you was came, like a big thing in my household. It was when you came home from school, series. right? Like, if you got home yeah. from school, that was always on before cartoons. That was what I remember. Yeah, I remember it a lot. Like when you're at summer break, right? Like mom would be watching every time yeah, we yeah. had to go to like a tanning salon or hair salon. It's like that, Sally or the Jesse Price Raphael. is Right. Oh, if you were lucky. Yeah. Jenny Jones. No. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny Jones was the other one you got. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her. Ricky Dude. Lake. There are a lot Lake, of good ones. A lot of then. good ones. All of which definitely watched She Devil and like, yes, this. I. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Begley Jr. is. So. It go, so we do this whole like he does that stupid fucking like Humphrey Bogart impression line. She goes home. Or no, wait. Is that before? You just skipped over like I'm sorry, one of the I skipped funniest over. Ed Bagley Jr. things. Yeah, my bad. Hang on. Is that your office fucking fantasy? Oh, dude. Yeah. Is to play like Quidditch on rolling chairs and then just get like the most lo fi black and white butt scans? Like, also, that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. That's why you're throwing away everything. I think that's important, though. That's how little it takes. That's that how terrible. little it takes. Yeah, like, and not knowing to take off. Don't don't photocopy your signet ring, dude. Come on. You're better than that. Because he's unfuckwittable, dude. That's true. He's a powerful man. He can't be touched. They send he that, thinks. though. They send that to her. It's also after he's negged her at the fucking, <laughs> at the dude, fucking book signing. Something, 
I also love they do this small thing where like three of those scenes after Honey Boo Boo arrives or whatever. Yeah. He just has lipstick on his neck or cheek. Constantly. Just in fucking plain sight. Yeah. Always. Always. It's almost never addressed. Meryl Streep doesn't address it. Okay. But no, is- so Meryl opens that photo <laughs> and it's like his fucking hand on a butt. Yeah. She just goes, you motherfucker. And he just immediately guns the car he's like "Uh uh-oh like he so quickly knows (laughs) he knows there's not even a wait what what happened what am i accused of immediately (laughs) launches into like oh i fucked up i'm so sorry she walks in and does this is the second like great meryl street bit where she walks in and she's like i'm taking control smacks his fucking kid smacks the girl who is getting champagne drunk with granny (laughs) yeah Garcia has dressed the underage daughter up like yeah. Meryl Streep. Garcia is doing an R. Kelly, which is a little awkward. Yeah, a little I mean, much. a lot awkward. Not great. I get when Meryl pulled the knife on him and said he's fired. Yeah, that's that, a fireable that made sense to me. That's very fireable. Uh, but then she smacks the daughter. But and this is, <laughs> when the little boy it's when the boy when the boy vomits right after she gives the I'm like, this is great. This is a beautiful scene. There's nothing funnier than this moment right now. <laughs> like uh, the pre- I do like when he's in the courtroom and he gets so we finally like get to the courthouse and the whole time the lawyer's been like, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry. We'll get this white guy and he'll be totally cool." And like in the in the courtroom, they're like, "Do we take him out to Peter Luger's afterwards or what are we doing?" Like, I got to buy him steaks. They walk in, Rose has gotten him one more time and it's uh it's that 80s thing where you're like, oh, well, I know. Like, it's like re- really good reverse racism, though. It's like, yeah, finally, the white guy's getting busted by this wonderful black lady judge who for sure is going to take him out. Yeah, her person that she got the job, right? The lady is like, I have no skills. I'm just a mm-hmm. house mom. Well, I think that's a lot of skills, right? Hooks her up and they switch. And finally, now that it's not some fucking other white guy judge, yeah, he gets the fucking hammer dropped. And that I gotta say again, I love the fire in front of her face as she watches I him get dragged. I love that practical effect. There is a que- the end of the movie is a little. I don't know. It's a little. It's a little weird because Ed Bagley Jr. is trying to run his game when they go to prison, and he's like, "Maybe when I get out, I could come make some lasagna for you." She's like, "Well, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah. right?" Because earlier she said, "I almost felt sorry for him." Almost. almost. Yeah. And, you know, she's kind of trying. And uh, what's the line? People can change. Uh, that's why you can't give up on them, right? Right. So I was like, is the end of the movie saying that there's a chance she's going to take this guy back because she's crushed him down to zero? I feel like. I, I mean, feel like to, not because it ends with her strutting with her army. I think to me it ends with her strutting with her army. I think it has less to do with like, oh, he's reformed because life. I found a way to make life smack him in the face. Like. I yeah. crushed him down to his size, but now I feel like, like she should give up on him. Her her lesson in the movie is I mean, wrong. She, I don't think she's. I don't think it's a matter of like giving up on him. Like she's not trying to get with him. I think just the the power dynamic shifted. So she's taking control of her own. She's taking control of her own life. Like she doesn't need him. If she wants him, then she right. treats him like he's treated every other woman. Yeah, I think you leave him in there to fucking rot. Never talk to him again. Well, he gets out in a couple I think months and he can make lasagna. You have to give up on 
on that guy specifically. Although he burned lasagna like a jerk. He did burn the prison lasagna. Tell that guy's going to have a rough a rough weekend. Tell me that guy. I mean, tell me Ed Begley Jr. did not just get Shawshanked for burning the lasagna. There's no way he Yeah, didn't. you get fucking murdered in prison. Like, that guy was if, like, so nice about it. Everyone can't eat because you burned the lasagna. You're going to suffer. That, guy's, that guy Jr. was so nice about it. You jerk. That's it? That's it? That's all you're going to do? Punch him in the yeah, face. Something. No one in the movie can be worse than Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> it is I don't a care maxim- what crime that guy committed to get in there. He's better than Ed Begley It is Jr. a maxim of the logic of the film. No one can be worse than Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> Every murderer in that prison was so much less of a shitty person than Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. So what's your final takeaway from this rewatch of She-Devil? She-Devil is a very entertaining movie. It has like... It does this job of making you root for someone that does something pretty reprehensible. Like, look, I don't care how pissed off you are. Blowing up your own house is not great. So (laughs) starting the movie off there. She was like uh, the fucking, uh, what is it? Ratchet and Ratchet or Cratchit, whatever. From A Christmas Carol, Bob Cratchit, right? Yeah, she was like, yeah. She had to shake those fucking ghastly chains off, dude. That's a good way to put it. This is like Bob Cratchit's revenge, essentially. Yeah. Look, I think it's a fun movie to watch now. Scrooge was putting his dick in the Christmas turkey. It's a fun movie to watch now. And dare I say it, this movie, I'm just saying, this movie should be remade. Yeah? I do think so. This has a very remakeable quality to it. Not in a bad way. Like, She Devil, the movie itself, is very fine. It's very. It has that so it's very relatable for like the, the world point we live of in right now is so specific to when we were kids, right? Yeah. Where you were supposed to have dad go work and mom kind of stay at home. It feels very of that era. Right. So you'd have to update a lot of that kind of shit. Oh yeah, no. It, I mean, I think that's what I mean. Like it's a very updatable story, which is why I, I think, think it you, is could, you could remake man. this very easily and make it very yeah. relevant. I mean, it's still the concept is still very relevant hey. now. There's plenty in the news that I could imagine female audiences wanting to fucking riot and make people pay. Um, I get it. I'm all for it. I absolutely it. get it. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I found it to be a, a really entertaining movie. I'm glad um, Roseanne got away it's with so it. Mean-spirited that, it's so mean-spirited that at times you're just like, Jesus H, like, give me something here. And then, right. you know, they're like, what about a dead dog? You're like, nope. Even meaner. Not right. That's not the correct answer. Right. But yeah, at the end, it's just, it's it was really, inter- I thought Ed Bagley Jr. was just so entertaining to watch. He's so funny. Before we get out of here, there okay. are, I do want to give, there are two things that, because we do this sometimes, like when, especially with movies like this, where we talk about the relatability, the rewatchability, the remakeability. In other worlds, there are actors that were considered for these roles. Obviously, the Meryl Streep thing we talked okay. about. So for Bob Patchett, you're going to love this. One of these particularly, I think you probably would have been like, that's a missed opportunity. All right. Yeah. There are probably like six or seven people here that were considered for Bob Patchett. There's Harrison Ford, Richard Dreyfus, uh, Ro- Robin Williams, Michael <laughs> Douglas, which I'm like, we already did that one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> too hot. Him and Harrison Ford obviously are slinging dick everywhere. Chevy Chase, Robert De Niro. <laughs> Yes. Steve Martin. Yes. But here's the one that I think you'd be like, why Why wasn't that made? Charles Grodin. 
<laughs> Charles Grodin. The thought of Charles Grodin just fucking being a poon hound is kind of entertaining to me. <laughs> I know, right? That's pretty good. Because I feel like his secretary would be like, oh, you want a blowjob, boss? He'd be like, god damn it, I got forms to do. <laughs> you think these forms do themselves? Blow yourself. And he'd like, fire her. I, uh, hey, I'm I'm for more Grodin across the board. I, I think of that list, though. The two that jumped out to me is Richard Dreyfus. I know, right? Weird. Weird. And fucking, uh, oh, God damn it, I forgot. De Niro? De Niro. Yeah, that's scary. He's like, oh, you're a devil? Oh, you're a devil? You want to see a devil? And then it's just, yeah, Roseanne's getting fucking left in the cornfields with Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a strange casting. The All right, and these are the other actresses that were considered for Ruth. Okay. Uh, Kathy Bates. Sure. Bette Midler. Yeah, sure. Catherine O'Hara. I think okay. she's... Yeah, Michelle She's Pfeiffer. Great. She can do anything. Michelle Pfeiffer. What? <laughs> Who no would, man. Fools no man would cheat Pfeiffer. on Catwoman. Come on. Uh, I guess that's the thesis of the movie put to the test, right? Barbara Hershey. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Gray. Eh. Everybody. Yeah. Nobody's putting baby in the corner. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, Rosie yeah. O'Donnell, okay. Ali Sheedy, and Kathleen Turner. Ali Sheedy. Kathleen Turner Overdrive. <laughs> You know what? I actually might have picked Roseanne out of that group. I think I would have too. Kathy Bates is a far superior actress. True. But I I don't think Roseanne is a dramatically worse pick than that list. No, I actually think Roseanne is the right casting given this list for sure. Okay. I'll take it. Interesting. Yeah. Other worlds, man. De Niro versus Kathy Bates, She-Devil, though, and just goofy Ed Bagley in the middle would have been so bizarre. Yeah, shit. Actually, now I want to see that movie. Damn it. They're just taking turns, fucking hobbling. At I'm gonna have to find that. Mul- I'm gonna have to find that multiverse where that happened. That's what. I'm, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I I don't know, man. It was a uh, it was a strange film. It's of its time. I did find myself very entertained, though. I did. I truly did. It's a remake. Let's do it. Hire us. <laughs> Hire us for Jason Momoa and Tom Hardy and <laughs> Eva Green. <laughs> The most murderous and bloodiest she-devil ever. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I want to go, like, full-on, like, Myrdair. You want to just go straight-up horror. Like, that's, yeah, like... instead of a dog, they have Black Phillip as a pet. Yeah, Hail it's, Black like cha- it's like changing lanes, but, like, really bad. <laughs> yeah. It's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre marriage. That's what I want. Neither here nor there. That's it! For She-Devil, I hope you guys enjoyed the start to the Pod Done It month. We have some awesome movies coming up on deck. We have really great stuff this month over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. You can vote on the exclusive movies. You'll get some commentary, some other fun stuff we got over there. Uh, As little as a dollar a month, guys, you can get in and check out what we're doing. Every dollar is greatly appreciated. Uh, The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube, filmalchemist. We're on all the socials you're on. Make sure you leave those ratings and reviews everywhere you listen to podcasts. We appreciate it. I can't wait to commit some more crimes. I want to say this before we do it, before we release it, watch the movie Thoroughbreds, please, because it's really good. Thoroughbreds is fucking awesome. I'm this, really this excited month, to talk about Thoroughbreds. We've been on a great run yeah. of movies. I feel I feel like we're doing a great job curating the second half of the year so far. <laughs> Just nailing really it. Really crushing one. this curation. I'm not here to toot my own horn. I was hoping you would do it for me, but if I got to. You're doing a nice job, Griff. Well done. 
Well, it's a we. You toot me, I'll toot you. Okay, right? fair enough. And then we'll both let Ed Bagley Jr. toot And us. then I'm going to let Ed Bagley... Damn it, you beat me to it. Shit! <laughs>